Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. It's been a little while since we recorded. I guess we've kind of been having, you know, a little vacation since the end of the season. I don't know if I'd really call it a vacation because we were both still working real hard. Gab, what are you drinking? <laughs> Coca-Cola. Oh, wow. Me too. Really? Uh, Diet Coke. Oh, I'm drinking the red one. Regular Coca-Cola. I uh, I need a little caffeine this afternoon to get me through the rest of my day. And, uh, yeah, I've recently gotten back on the Coke train, so <laughs> we'll be, we'll be uh, turning that off here real soon because I tend to overdo it. I have a very addictive personality. Same. I love soda, and I love <laughs> the way caffeine makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the soda thing is not bad. I, for some reason, I managed to kick it in high school, where the, which was the last time I think I took being athletic seriously um (laughs) so i was like oh i can't do soft drinks anymore and i've relaxed a little bit since then but i still don't have a problem like even with a diet coke maybe one a week maybe less it's so fucking good i just i i am a sucker for mexican coke yeah um and when it when i'm at a place and i'm like sitting down to have the meal and they have Mexican Coke, I always say yes. And it's it's becoming a legitimate problem. And I just, I need to stop drinking. Like, I just need to stop drinking not water for a while and just, like, rehydrate myself because I can definitely feel the lack of hydration because all I'm having is, like, juice or coffee or soda or booze. Um, you're gonna be one of those people who takes their little man metal canteen around with them everywhere. I eventually. absolutely would. I I absolutely. I have a metal water bottle that it's a forty ounce metal water bottle that I take to games, and I'm just gonna start carrying that around with me and try to like drink two of them a day or something. I have my little camel back with me right now on the desk actually because I I also drink water and it's helpful because it has a little line for seven hundred fifty milliliters. So I always know exactly how much I'm drinking throughout the day. It's like an IV bag. Yeah. So I'm getting like at least uh, one and a half liters a day, probably closer to two. I pee I, constantly. I need to do that because my pee is not the healthy color. Pee. Oh, I. Okay, let's move on. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I like that that's the line. Do you want to talk about qualifiers or not? <laughs> What is your cat up to? Your cat should totally oh do this. God. He needs a job. I, he needs to contribute to this household. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, we'll get the qualifiers. We're not okay. in any hurry. We've been on vacation. I have a game That's I want to go play. I just got a brand new PlayStation 4 game, and I'm about to be out of town for five days, so I want to like get some quality time in tonight. Well, I'm going to have to pee at some point, so we'll we'll move on. Okay. You see what I just did there? I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to. <laughs> oh, what are we starting with? What was our agenda? Our agenda. So I actually wrote it down like a big girl and we wanted to start with qualifiers because obviously they just wrapped up last night. The United States beat Canada to nothing, although it was like a tough 2-0, not an easy 2-0. And it was then... a tough 2-0, but it was a tough 2-0 where you go up in the first four minutes. The first two, the first two minutes. Rose who, sc- who scored that first goal? 
you know exactly who scored. You texted me about it, but you were ahead too, so you spoiled me. No! Yeah, your feed was ahead of me. I hadn't seen it happen on the screen yet. <gasps> no! I'm so sorry! Rose Lavelle scores in the second minute. I get a little text from Gab that says, I can hear you screaming from here or whatever. And I was like, what? Why? About what? And then my feed caught up. I was like, come on, man! I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was I was watching it on TV. I didn't realize that there was going to be like a 30 second delay. Yeah, for some reason, whenever I watch on Sling, there's a delay in the stream. My stream is usually about 30 seconds to a minute behind. I'm, I'm going to remember that and I will not. Mm. I will not text you like that again. I had to wear like horse blinders during the penalty kicks between Panama and Jamaica. So I couldn't look at my other screen where Twitter was updating. <laughs> I, w- I want to see what these horse blinders look like. It's just like. my hand. It's just my hand on the side of my face. <laughs> I really wanted you to have a pair of horse blinders. They invented human blinders, though. Like in the latest in capitalist dystopia. They yeah. created blinders for people who work in open office spaces so they can concentrate on their own work. And it's like, this is awful. Yep. Why don't you just create spaces that respect, like, the privacy and dignity of all your workers? Right. I I mean, I shouldn't say anything because I work in an open office. But at least we have, like, parts. There are, like, sections. Well, if you have an open office, little pods. Yeah. if If you have an open office, then you want employees to focus or whatever. Don't make them wear blinders like horses. Make them, you know, accept that you're the one who created the culture, so now you have to find a way to... Anyway, I have a lot of stuff to say about, like, corporate uh, culture and uh, the stupid capitalist nightmare that we currently live in, but, you know, socialist... Two socialist fans is later. <laughs> <laughs> two socialist fans! <laughs> Comrade. <laughs> oh my god. Next time you come to Portland, I'll have to have you come to my office just to see it. Okay. I can give a little speech to the workers. You know, oh, like, you absolutely. We can must give a little seize the means the of production. You must throw your bodies on the on the levers and the gears. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I really, really want you to come give a speech to my coworkers now about overthrowing their corporate overlords. Sure, why not? All right, that would be fun. I encourage you all to attempt to seize the means of production out that. there. In the meantime, the United States Women's <laughs> National Team. Oh, four minutes in, Rose Lavelle. Two. Yeah, no, it was it was a tough game. It was a really really tough match. Um, Canada, Canada, USA playing for something is always so much fun. They both qu- qualified, so I think the game was a little less spicy than it could have been. But as is, it was pretty spicy. There were like four yellow cards, I want to say. Three for Canada and one for uh, Precious Angel, Tobin Heath. <laughs> and, and they were playing for something. There was a trophy. Yeah, there's a trophy and there's pride. But the way I put it is this is the most lopsided rivalry since uh, Roadrunner <laughs> and Wiley Coyote. I love it, though. I love it. Oh God! And then like Jesse Fleming got a got a yellow, like the little twelve year old got a yellow. Gab, she's, she's twenty now. I know she's not twelve anymore, but still, remember when she was twelve? Yeah, when I saw that she was twenty, I was like, no, 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 no. Last year she was sixteen. <laughs> so why is she twenty now? <laughs> why no, 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 no. Like that? 
she it's was the Canadian system. It's she was just Canadian debuting system. for Canada like a couple, like a year ago at most. So yes, why are they saying she's twenty? That that can't be right. That's a typo, Ali Wagner. Just like uh, you oh. should be better than that. I was looking at the ages of a lot of these players. United States is not so bad, but like, come on, I want to talk about Panama. Yenneth Bailey. And then they didn't, I don't think they ever played their 13-year-old, but they had a 13-year-old on the roster. No, I think they, I think the 13-year-old played uh, in group play. No, I don't think she ever played in group. If they had played her, it probably would have been, it was the one before the third place. It was the semifinal game. They played Canada? They played yeah, Canada. Yeah, played it was Canada. Be Bailey versus Sink. Yeah, um... And Canada won seven nothing, and I think Panama was clearly not playing to win the semifinal. They were like, "We need to save everything for the game against Jamaica because that's our most realistic shot." And it was a realistic shot. They took it all away to penalties after coming from behind twice. That Panama Jamaica game, uh, that's the way it I need to goes. watch it. I was working. I need to watch it. Every CONCACAF qualifiers, there's always at least one game where I watch it, and I'm like, oh, I'm way more emotionally invested in this than I thought I would be. Uh-oh. I feel that way about every major tournament. We knew the United States was going to qualify. If they right. didn't qualify, like, first of all, whoever beat them would have been, like, it's their federation now. That's just the rules. They would have inherited all of the trophies and soccer house. Yeah, and they could like to put three stars on their crest and everything. Like it's theirs now. That's yep. Just... They they own it all. It would have been a catastrophe. You and I would not be recording because I would still be dealing with the fallout, trying to write and edit think pieces about the United States women not qualifying for the World Cup. Jill Ellis would have actually gotten fired. Oh, she. I think she would have handed in her resignation before she got fired. She would have thrown herself on her sword. I think she would have let Megan Rapino write her resignation. Oh, boy. Is that the deal? If Ellis fucks up, Pino gets to write the resignation? I I think so. She's- I mean, is there another player that Jill Ellis has kind of, like, scorned who's currently on the roster? Oh, who's currently on the roster? I don't I know. I mean, if, 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 uh... For some reason, Sam Mewis really does not get time under Ellis. I mean, I know there's okay. Ertz and Morgan Bryan ahead of her. Not really ahead of her, but like, I don't see how you look at NWSL this season and think Morgan Bryan's the one that I need to bring along behind Julie Ertz instead of Sam Mewis. Morgan Bryan's just been injured so much. Yeah, she's injured right now. She needs rest. Maybe, uh, how about this? If, if Jill Ellis, uh, if Jill Ellis resigned, Hope Solo actually got to write the letter. <laughs> Hope Solo's already written the letter. She She's has one that waiting. she keeps updated every month, like just ready to go, like a will oh, that she updates. You know she does. But it's a will for somebody else's estate. <laughs> you know she does. Either her or Allie Krieger or Kyle Krieger. Kyle Krieger. Kyle would, yeah. <sighs> Kyle would roast her. Allie Long, maybe. Maybe she hopes too much, though, that she might make her way back in, so she wouldn't you know, be like, dear Jill, blah, 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 love La Blanquita. That would just also be a really short letter. <laughs> if I were going to resign, depending on the situation, I mean, yeah, I'm a writer, but at the same time, it's like, 
if it's the kind of situation where you know and I know and I know that you know that I know, I would just be like, the letter would just be like, for, I'd do like a little bullet list of what had happened and then be like, I respectfully resign, you know, me. So speaking of resignations, did you, did you follow what happened with the U.S. gymnastics CEO? Yeah, where they dug up shitty old tweets of hers within, like, two days, and then, like, USA Gym was like, oh, we weren't aware, and it was like, people on the internet found this. Oh, totally. I just, you know, her resignation was a really bad resignation letter. Yeah. Don't resign like that. That's an example of a really bad version of what you you were just uh, saying you would do. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an apology, right? Your apology shouldn't be sorry, but. It should be sorry, period. Well, I mean, it could be sorry, (laughs) B-U-T-T. Like a resignation, an apology should be, I understand what I did wrong, I'm sorry for it, and I won't do it again. So resignation... Correct. Unless you really feel wronged and you want to be salty on your way out, it should be like... I understand the circumstances around it. Like, I resign. Respectfully yours. But. B-U-T-T. B-U-T-T. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did we get to gymnastics? Could, it. I was following the thought train back. Gymnastics, resignations, Joel Ellis, the United States not qualifying in, like, some weird dystopian nightmare universe. We're... Oh, right. And had, uh, had Panama beat them. Wait a minute. We are living in the weird dystopian nightmare universe, though. So, like, we if we're are, in the bad place. We are, not sports world. If we're in the bad place, in the good place, does the U.S. do the U.S. women not qualify? We're not in the bad place. We're in the bad place. Yeah. No, we're not. All right. So, so, other than the United States, I thought Canada looked fairly good. I mean, their pace never really matched the United States. They were slow all tournament long, but I thought that was deliberate. They were like, we don't need to go 100 miles per hour against these teams. Let's just play our game, work on our fundamentals. These teams are not going to challenge us physically so that we can focus on the technical side. But then they came with the same game plan against the United States. where The U.S. was like, we want to go, go, go. And Canada was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Please tell me you use that one of your write-ups. No. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. I love it. Canada, Canada was like, no, no, no. You guys wanted um, to, they wanted to break quickly I, out of the midfield. I really enjoyed how Canada tried to control the game. I'm not a huge fan of their new coach. And I really it? wish that there would have been some more creativity. Um, it, it felt a lot like... <sighs> I said this in the bar last night, but it felt a lot like... Um, Melissa Tancredi was missing. <laughs> and she's but not exactly a player known for there. her finesse and style. I mean, they have Alicia Chapman now. They do. They absolutely do. Um, and, you know, they they did a good job of, of uh, owning that match physically. But just the style of play looked very blocky, like very chunky. You know what I mean? It did look very like A is happening, so we do B. All right. Mm-hmm. B is happening, so we do A. And then like rinse and repeat. And there wasn't really a lot of improvisation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sophie Schmidt might be past her prime. Oof, that was a rough match for her. She's 30, I want to say. 
Uh, no, I think she is also 21. Yeah, Sophie Schmidt is 30 years old. Jesus. Which is, you know, Diana Matheson's older than her and still functioning pretty well. And Sync, obviously. I thought Sync had a pretty good game, actually, all things considered. And Carlos is 38, so Sophie <laughs> is still a spring chicken. Carly Lloyd is 47 years old and somehow... Oh well, when you say it like that, it makes my 38 sound not true. And my 38 is absolutely true. Wait a minute. What? Carly Isn't Lloyd's Carly not... Lloyd 38? No, she's like 35. I think she's, she's 36. Carly Lloyd is 36. I think she's 38. <laughs> wow. Why don't you tweet that at her? <laughs> I, I love how quickly you got on a keyboard, though. I have, Wait, we're recording. What? I'm, uh, I'm able to fact check instantly on these little things. So why wouldn't I? <laughs> why wouldn't I do everything possible to avoid Carly Lloyd getting even madder at me? <laughs> you didn't say it. I did. Carly Lloyd has never. You know she's mad gonna paint us with the same brush. Like you know she would. She's never heard of me. She never has looked at anything I have ever <laughs> It's not a done. Portland drunk fan and a Boston drunk fan. We're two drunk fans. We're a collective. We're socialists. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't associate you with the podcast. I don't think she associates me with anything. I don't think she associates me at all. Well, then, what's the problem? Just hedging my bets, okay? <laughs> You're like, someday I would like to interview her. I've asked her questions and stuff in mix zones, and she's declined to answer. <laughs> Literally, the last time I spoke to her in a mix zone, I think it was Tournament of Nations, and I brought up Sky Blue, and she's like, no, I'm, I'm only talking about the national team. And I was like, all right, that's fine. It's your prerogative. How's that book tour going? <laughs> um, that's just my, my thing now. I'm, uh, you know what? It's nice. I'm kind of getting over my fear of asking people questions, mostly. Like, if I had to interview Sync, I would still die. But I, I remember the text message last week. <laughs> yeah, my uh, there was a possibility I was going to interview Christine Sinclair, but they weren't doing interviews during qualifiers. So I got saved by Canada Soccer's own stonewalling of the media. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. What do you think of qualifiers overall? I thought, you know... Obviously, we got the surprises that I think coming into this, everyone basically had it ranked one, two, three, four: USA, Canada, Mexico, Costa Rica. That was the mm -hmm. expectation, and USA, Canada came true. Canada looked better than I thought they would, um, if, as you say, a little blocky. But then Mexico kind of, you know, flamed out. Costa I have Rica no idea what happened it. to Mexico. Like, what has been happening to Mexico? I had high hopes for them, given the the leak that they've got. So I think there's a really good article about this on FMF State of Mind. It's by Sandra Herrera, um, who wrote about how, you know, this is such a talented generation of players from Mexico, and yet they got this result. So something obviously has to change. So I'd encourage you all to go read that. Um, Will you put a link to it? Yeah, I'll link to it. So yes. I'll, I'll just make a little note. Ask Siri to remind you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Costa Rica. I was really hoping you were going to actually ask Siri to remind you. You know, and then Costa Rica. You know why Costa Rica didn't go through? It's because Amelia Valverde was like wearing a polo. Just a plain old polo tucked into her <laughs> jeans. It was so freaking hot down there. She's not going to wear a blazer. Oh, in Cary? Wait, no, in Texas. 
Yeah, like down on the border of Texas Wasn't and Mexico. It, didn't it turn pretty cold and it started raining and got really chilly and all the long sleeves came out? Well, that was in Frisco. We've been to Frisco where it's 27 degrees. All right, they were in HEB Park. Yes. Right, okay. Yeah, Frisco is like some weird subclimate of Texas where standard weather rules don't apply. Becky Sarbrin was wearing long sleeves last night. Oh, shit. Yeah. Serious. All right. So, yeah, Jamaica and Panama, I think the two big surprises of this tournament, maybe not a surprise to people who were paying attention to Jamaica, you know, the BBC published an article reminding everyone that Jamaica Football Federation stopped funding the team eight years ago, basically. They 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 haven't played friendlies in a really, really, really long time. And now they're getting funded by Bob Marley's daughter and like a corporate sponsor. Jesus, I love this. Yeah. I mean, Um, I hate that a federation's not actually funding them, but damn. Yeah, so apparently four years ago, Sadella Marley, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, you know, became a sponsor through like the Bob Marley Foundation, and then it paid off. And I hope JFF is paying attention where they see like, if you give just a little bit of care, a little bit of water, sunlight, like a team can flourish very easily. I don't want to, it wasn't easy for them, obviously, to get the berth. They fought tooth and nail. Right. But, like, look what happened in four years. Right. They're going Not to a too World shabby. Cup. So, really psyched for Jamaica. Um, uh, Panama still has a chance to go. There's a, I think, home and away playoff series against Argentina. And I'm really sorry, Destefania Benini, but I need Panama to go. I want Panama to go so bad. Same. Same. I need to see... I'm, I'm emotionally invested now. I need to see Yenneth Bailey at the World Cup. Right? I would follow Panama. Do you know Yenneth Bailey has an Instagram? I don't think she's on Twitter, but someone found her Instagram. She has like eight posts and over 6,000 followers now. You know she's 17? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know she's only been a goalkeeper for a year? Did you know she's a converted midfielder? Did you know Lindsay Horan skipped college? To go pro? What? Yeah. You're shitting me. Wow, Lindsay Horan didn't go to college. I cannot believe it. I don't think Yannick Bailey is quite at the level of skipping college. I think she needs the structure, if not NCAA, of a really good reserve team or an NWSL team that's willing to take her on as like a number three keeper. Yeah. I mean, but both of those, what that second thing is skipping college. Yeah, I guess so. But but she she's not ready. I think she'd get burnt pretty badly in an, in a regular NWSL game. I feel like we covered yeah, stuff. Yeah, covered it. We didn't really talk about women's the USA team. What needs to be said that hasn't already been said? Yeah, the United States did what they had to do. The system that they're playing still has a few kinks in it, and that it, you know. They had a lot of trouble solving pressure from Canada, mm-hmm. uh, but you could see that the elements were there. I think uh, one or two passes that were weighted better, maybe, or some more crisp passing, uh, maybe more a couple more runs in the middle, maybe even a sub or something. And oh, they, Jesus, before they the 89th minute? Yeah, they could have broken the game open. So, yeah, I was talking to someone who was like, clearly Jill thought a sub 
like she was too scared to make the sub because it maybe she thought it would fuck up team chemistry right and they were only leading by one and she didn't want to take the risk that a sub would magnify the mistakes that they were already making so she's like i'll just let it play out i I just i think it's funny that the reaction to her not making a sub is fear that that she she must have been afraid or worried or something like that because i feel like on the men's side that there can be coaches that don't make subs and it's not a fear thing it's a look these guys not need to figure it out well yeah fear is the way that i phrased it so maybe but um yeah i think you're right too in the way that we talk about it yeah it's just it's uh it's one of those things that just I was watching it going, yeah, you know, she probably should make sub, but nobody out there is looking gassed. I don't think they really need to change the game plan unless yeah. the game plan was to score a bunch of goals. And if that's the case, I don't think the subs necessarily like, yes, Alex Morgan scored a goal right at the end. She wasn't a sub. I don't think they produced, you know, I don't think the sub, the U- United States subs did much in that match. If I were going to sub someone, I think there was a good point. I was like, okay, you want subs. Well, then who do you think needs to come out? Maybe I would have subbed Tobin because I thought her decision-making was not optimal throughout the game. I think she You were played... expecting that second yellow? Well, no, I thought she was playing into Canadian pressure a lot. And mm-hmm. she wasn't connecting well with Rose Lavelle. Um, there were a couple moments where, where Rose was like lingering between the lines where she could use the space. But I just, uh, I, I don't think that th- that space was used very well by, by Tobin. And I guess a little bit by Rose by extension. So mm-hmm. I, I think the team did a really good job with the goals that they did score throughout the tournament of moving the ball around, of opening, making, uh, uh, making goals happen. Right, like they they took their shots. A lot of shots were on frame, and in the past, I think we've seen a, a women's national team, a USA women's national team, hesitant to uh, to to take those shots. Um, kind of looking at one or two particular goal scorers, not having as many. I, I don't have the stat in front of me of how many individual players ended up scoring this tournament, but it was more than a handful, and that's good. I like that we scored in a multitude of ways in a lot of different games. I think there was, like, early on, we were kind of scoring off set pieces, and we started scoring more and more off of build-up play, but we still had set pieces in the pocket, so... I I really liked that with that Haran and Lavelle midfield, they could easily like switch off and create, you know, build up from just about anywhere on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, the the real question then is, um, I saw someone put this basically as Jalalos flailed around basically for two years and then somehow landed on this. So was this deliberate? Or did Jill, like, fuck around and then look at the players who are now healthy and be like, oh, shit, I could actually do this now? Or was this, you know, all planned? That's the real question for me. Yeah, and, you know, I I think, yes, that that's a question. My more fundamental question is how much of the lineup that we saw yesterday was Jill's. Exactly. 
Right? Like, it's not to say that she accidentally did something amazing, but we don't know whose roster that was. I think we all are thinking of the 2015 World Cup when injuries forced Mm -hmm. her hand and then suddenly the team looked better and it was like, would you have come up with this on your own? Tell the Mm -hmm. truth. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I guess like the only real solution is for Jill to get the flu or something for the next games. I think they're going to Europe and for someone else to coach. I don't know. I don't know how you would exactly set up the experiment so that you remove all her influence and see if the team plays better or worse. Well, and that's that's tough, right? Because a team at this level is not going to change in one match if she's not on the sideline. Exactly. And I think also there's players on this team who are smart enough. Like, even if they had no coach for a game in an emergency, they could still figure out amongst themselves what to do. It wouldn't maybe be completely coherent, but they've been together long enough that they could be like, okay, guys, we just need to repeat what we did from last time. Sure. Or who's having a good day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would actually make for an interesting tournament, like a no-coach tournament. I I love the concept. <laughs> um, That's our next Kickstarter. Yeah, no-coach tournament. So another, another year, another round of qualifiers. Uh, we're crawling ever closer to the World Cup. People are making plans for tickets and shit. Like, I... I, it, it feels so far away, and yet I know I'm going to wake up one day in France and be like, shit, we're here. Mm-hmm. Kinda That's like, exactly how it's going to feel. Kind of like, oh, Jesse Fleming's 20? Fuck. Okay. She's 12. 12, correct. She is 12. <laughs> um, did you see, I think in the Instagram, the United States celebrating afterwards, obviously there was like a bunch of champagne and beer in the locker room, and there's Mel Pugh over there with her Gatorade. No. <laughs> I did not see that. I'm going to have to go find it. Yeah. Oh, dear God, that's precious. Okay, honey, you just sit there with your juice. (laughs) You just, you have Gatorade. Nobody get champagne on her. You know what? I bet they let her taste champagne. Let the kid taste champagne as long as she's going to drive or anything. Or, you know, ask her parents also if this is okay. Yeah, that too. But I mean, at 20 years old, if you were in college. I I think she's 16. (laughs) No. No, she's Damn. 14. Mal Pugh is 14 years old. <laughs> I'm like, in my head, she's like a little teenager. No. And I'm like, no, you can't fucking just let her try it. Mal Pugh and Jesse Fleming are peers. They were supposed oh to be teammates at UCLA. Were... Oh, what UCLA could have been. Um, I mean, they, they, they obviously both did what they thought was best for them, but I'm sure Amanda Cromwell was like... Watching this whole Mal Pugh saga and just, like, squeezing a stress ball. She just was flipping a desk. She had to have had some inkling that Pugh was not going to stick around. Like, she did her best, probably, to be like, no, 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 college is great. You should have, like, the full four-year experience. Just try it for a year. See if you like it, you know? Just try it. Just try it. But, just um, try it. Mal Pugh is 20, so... So I have a question for you. Who on the national team do you think would be most likely to be like, let her let her taste some champagne. She's 20. It's fine. Who on the team do you think is like, no, 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 no. She just needs to sit there with her Gatorade. Like, who's the mom friend and who's the wine mom friend? Like, who's the mom I think friend bo- and who's the I wine I think both aunt? of them are Sonnet. 
both of them are Sonnet. Sonnet is the is the mom friend and the wine aunt at the same time. I think so. That's bold. Like if it like if she's giving she's sneaking Pew drinks, but she's also protecting Pew from other people. <clears throat> oh yeah, maybe. I could see that. Where she's like, All right, kid, I'll let you drink, but you're gonna do it like in a responsible, supervised way. And yeah. when I say you're cut off, you're cut off. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I could see. And then like would be knocking the drinks out of other people's hands who were trying to get get them yeah. to her. Be like, no, no hard liquors. We're letting her try champagne only tonight. One glass. Mm-hmm. She already had her sip. <laughs> she already tried it. Yeah. No more. That's how you got to do it. I remember when I first started drinking and my body, you know, wasn't used to alcohol. It took so little to fuck me up. Also, I'm Asian. <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't like drinking ever clear on my first night. I think I had vodka very, very early on, but I also wasn't really allowed to drink with my family. So this was in high school um, under a lot of peer pressure. Mm. No, I was straight edge. I succumb. I succumb to peer pressure. Oh, I was straight edge in high school. Of course you were. (laughs) It was the whole athlete persona thing. I was just like, no, no booze, no cigarettes, no marijuana. I got to take this shit seriously. How'd that work out for you? Uh, now I'm fine with booze and marijuana, although I don't really use marijuana at all, and I don't smoke either. You you use it when you come to Portland. So like once a year. Uh, you were here twice this year. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, but you know what happens. It's like I have like one little puff, and then I get cozy in bed, and I fall asleep. I know. I know. That's exactly what happens to me, too. Yeah. It's it's useful that way, instead of melatonin. Sorry, we're corrupting the youths. The, the youths youth of women. America. The reefer madness. Reefer madness. Anyway, as as falls in line with our socialist agenda, we should legalize weed, we should tax it, and we should uh, um, purge the records of people who were arrested for marijuana-related offenses. Jesus, you're really going all out with this. All it took was a little socialist ramen, and now you're like, okay, everything. I think we really, you know, wrung all the blood out of the stone that is qualifiers. Do you have any last thoughts about the tournament or any of the players in it? Uh, No last thoughts about the tournament. I think um, it's always fun to watch. Because you kind of hope and dream that the other CONCACAF teams that aren't uh, USA, Canada, Mexico, and Costa Rica are improved. And so I think uh, Jamaica and Panama were a really good example of that, of supporting your federation uh, or federation supporting women's soccer and seeing some positive stuff come out of it. Um, and hopefully, you know, uh, more people are, are aware of the disparity in CONCACAF. That's always fun, too. Um, you kind of forget how small our little bubble of people who have been paying attention uh, is. And then a tournament like this comes around. I loved that it was on national TV. Um and so a lot of people got got to see, got to be exposed to it. So um, 
yeah, it's all about grow the game. It is it is nice that new countries qualified this time instead of who we predicted, although it does suck that the reasons why that you know the shakeup happened. Uh totally. Totally. So when we were talking about topics, actually, you brought this one up, which I almost didn't think about because it's so sad, which is Kim Little got her fucking leg broken. Yep. Um, ten weeks. Ten weeks after a challenge from Drew Spence. Uh, Arsenal won that game 5 nothing. So, you know, I guess that challenge really helped them, help Chelsea win, you know, really put them on the front foot there. It was very necessary to... Uh, change the momentum of the game uh yeah i mean so i saw i saw a gif of it um do you think it was i think this is a intentional player, i think it's a player with a history of bad tackles it's not a one-time thing um and i think lucy bronze definitely had a point when she called out the standard of refereeing in the fawsl where she, you know, she said repeatedly let down by the standard of officiating, there's a real underlying problem somewhere. And NWSL fans probably feel the pain of that, which we we saw this past season, the lack of cards kind of, I don't want to say directly encourages, but it doesn't discourage a rough level of play. And players will just some of them will push to see how much they can get away with. And if you let them push and push and push and push without, without ever calling a foul a foul, then you're going to get injuries. I, I totally agree. I don't have anything to add. I, it's, Kim Little is like snake bitten too. It, it's Look, I value all players' health seriously, but like uh, a transcendent player like Kim Little being injured, it's almost like going into a museum and slashing a piece of art and just being like you know yeah i guess they can restore the art but in the meantime like who knows if it'll ever be the same again and you're depriving a lot of people of the ability to enjoy something priceless does that make sense it does make sense but at the same time i i understand that like injuries suck but they happen right and I think a lot of this is accountability and it's um, looking critically. Is this somebody who should even be playing professional soccer? I guess if Kim Little has to be out 10 weeks, the timing is not like they're trying to rush her back for the World Cup, at least. Like, hopefully she'll be all healed up and, you know, back in the groove well before next summer. Do you, th do you think Scotland, does Scotland play many friendlies? Like, or do they have an international international matches coming up in january or february that you know or camp i think a lot of the uefa teams that have qualified will probably be you know talking amongst themselves like hey let's do each other a solid here you know because so uefa teams that qualified so far spain italy england scotland norway sweden germany that's a lot of potential matches there and a lot of easy to get to matches. And obviously France is hosts. Right. Hopefully hopefully they can figure some stuff out and get their get their shit worked out and Kim Little comes back and she comes back with chip on her shoulder and we all know how she plays when she's got a little fire. Yeah, and it builds up anticipation for the World Cup, hopefully, whets people's appetites. I hope it's you know I hope France is just blow out crazy with attendance. Like they build on Germany and in some part Canada, but 
you know, smaller country. So it's going to be more like Germany, I think. That would be awesome. Um, speaking of uh, building, I think you also wanted to more so talk about off-season for NWSL. I just love the rumor mill, and I feel like we haven't really gotten into silly season. Like, teams haven't really been talking about players. Like, there have been a few notices of players uh, being waived and and all that stuff. But I I just, I feel like there's stuff out there, and we just, we need to talk about it. Well, we had waiver wire, which wasn't really much an event. I think there were like seven players on the waiver wire. And there's a steady trickle of players going to Australia. And we know that Amanda Duffy said at the championship that they're going to expand roster limits this season. That's an interesting question, though, because will then the salary cap go up to accommodate more players on the roster? You you would hope so, right? Yeah. You would hope that salary cap would go up. You would hope that... Um it's going to require more stable owners to be participating in the league. Uh, and we've heard, you know, it's been in the rumor mill for a while now, but what about Barcelona? So I think Jeff Kasouf tweeted very emphatically about this, where he was like, I've been covering this for two years and Barca talks about it. But if you talk to anyone inside the league, it's not realistic, not realistically going to happen soon. I don't, know how I feel about Barca coming into the league. Obviously, it would depend on the business plan that they offer and what market that they want to be in. What market would you want them in? I I think actually the thing to look at here is for us to look at Barcelona women and see how they've been functioning in Spain's women's league and how they're treated there. And that can be kind of a case study. I'm sure uh, Barcelona, if they wanted to make reassurances to NWSL, would try to use that team as an example. Do you think the concept is relocate that team to the United States, or do you think it's opening up another franchise here? No, a new franchise, new franchise. Ah. They, I don't think you want to leave one league for another, and I think also you can't transplant the roster and have it perform well in NWSL. Right, just two completely different types of play. Yeah. That's why Europeans take a little while to get accustomed to the way we do business. But, I mean, that would be interesting if they transplanted the roster wholesale because you've got, like, Lika Martins. Right? Um, She'd be fun to have an NWSL. She would be a blast. <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, everybody talks about L.A., as an expansion site, where else would you want to see? I mean, people are kind of not just looking at MLS, but NASL. Cincinnati is kind of in the equation here, maybe. I mean, I don't want to go to Ohio. They'd, they'd do their best to get Rose Lavelle. They would do their best to get Rose Lavelle. I think Philly. I think uh, Philly getting another team again. Um I'd like I'd like uh, the Breakers to to start back up again. Aww. Here's a question: What the fuck happens to Sky Blue? Like Cloud Nine right? is agitating weekly on Twitter. Like every Monday, like clockwork, they're just like, "Hey, just want to remind you, there's been no progress on this, and the ownership is silent. And what the hell is the deal, guys? What what sort of timeline does change look like? Like what? What sort of timeline does change need to happen on? 
if I were the club, I would at least put out something that's like, yes, we've heard you and we're working on it and we don't have like a strict timeline, but we want you to know that we are working on these things in the off season. But the other part of the problem there is I don't think they particularly think that they have anything to work on. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. The way you heard Tony Novo spoke, speak in that press conference from their last home game, he just sounded like he was trying to explain away every single accusation against them. Like he was like, no, that's not a problem or it's not as much of a problem as you think it is. Or the person who said it is actually just mad at Sky Blue. Yeah, it's just weird. It's a bad situation. It's a bad spot to be in. Would you want to see them bought and moved somewhere else? No, I want to see Sky Blue get better leadership be it new owners or be it, you know, managing partners or a better GM or something like sky blue is one of the last legacy clubs in this league. I'd like to see them at least move out of Rutgers, but I think I agree. I want them to kind of stay in the area, be sky blue FC, you know, and still have the kind of, you know, the same aura brand, whatever. Could they be, could they be sky blue in Philly? Sure, I don't see why not. Well, uh, actually, if it was new owners legally, I don't know. Right? I mean, clubs move cities all the time and still have the same name, right? Yes, I agree. Yeah, so there's precedent. Uh, The Dodgers started in Brooklyn. Speaking of the Dodgers, I just want to highlight a tweet from Andrew Doss pointing out that USA Canada managed to play out a whole game and have an award ceremony before they got through four innings of baseball. Jesus. But soccer is boring. Soccer's boring. Baseball's soccer not dying and losing boring. its audience because a single game takes like fucking six hours now. That's mm-hmm. a little bit of an exaggeration, but Christ. I can't pay attention to a soccer <laughs> game for that long. Well, people aren't paying attention to baseball games for that long That's either. That's true. Like, if there's a baseball game, like if a friend invited me over to watch a baseball game, I assume it would be a friendship gathering where baseball happens to be playing. Yeah, I I really only pay attention to baseball in the last like once we hit the bottom of the seventh, then I'm tuned in. Mm, mm. So I need like only twelve outs, not even twelve outs. I need <sighs> potentially nine outs. To be into the match, into the game. Uh, what other things do you want to see happen in off season besides like outright drama? I just want outright drama. Okay. I just want I want shakeups. I want we we have a few coaching positions that need to get filled. Uh, the spirit need need a coach. Um, I don't think that they're they didn't really replace Kabara, did they? No, and I think Houston still needs a coach. Houston needs coach. Orlando needs coach. Yeah, so that's like actually... I think coaching is going to be this big. Like I want, I I said this last time when maybe it was Sky Blue or maybe it was Houston were looking for coaches last season, but I was like, man, I want more college coaches to to rise through the ranks. You know, like U.S. Soccer just did this training, this training thing for 
a bunch of current NWSL and and uh, a bunch of current NWSL players for them to get their Class C licenses uh, for coaching. And it's like, man, let's let's get let's get some like legends up through like excelling through the coaching system um and and like that's that's an area of nwsl of sport that is not really as dramatic as a lot of other leagues and maybe that's good maybe you know we'll count our blessings but i think coaches is going to be going to be the spot wait get more player legends or, or more college coach legends Either, either. I mean, if you're a college coach legend, why would you ever leave the comfort and safety of D1 soccer to probably take a pay cut in NWSL? I mean, I guess if you're angling for maybe doing more in your career, it looks good to have a pro team on your resume. Mm-hmm. But, like, would Krikorian or Cromwell or Gallimore or anybody you know, God forbid, Anson Dorrance, I don't think any of them would ever leave their dynasties. I I agree, but there's a part of me that goes, I don't really want them to uh, have dynasties. I want, I want there to be more coaches, right? And more coaches means more open, available positions. I just, I feel like we've been just rotating through the same old, same old. Yeah, we do need new blood, and it would be nice if NWSL were very attractive. Like, you've got to imagine that there's more coaches of D1 men's teams who would see MLS as a big promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that starts to change... Yeah, I think that's a nice little indicator of progress for the league. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I concur. I want there to be coaching changes. I want there. I would love for Seattle to figure their stadium shit out. Let me ask you this: What's mm. who is one player that you want Portland to acquire over the offseason? If you could have any player in the league to trade for, or any international even to bring in, what? Why are we playing this game? Because I like to confuse and frustrate you. So just pick I, any any player in the whole wide world that if Portland could have. Just one to bring in. Who would you bring in? I don't... I, what? But we already have Christine Sinclair. <laughs> okay. Then here here's here's the opposite question. If you had to cut any one player from the team in this offseason and just give one the boot. I don't like this game at all. <laughs> Either version. I don't I don't care for I like my team. Sink seemed to like it too. She kept telling Mark like not to break up the band in that championship press conference. Yeah, the band needs to not get broken up. The band uh-huh. needed like three more games to really hit their full stride. Yeah. I have opinions. I don't want to say them publicly. Oh, okay. Um It's too spicy. But I have thoughts. You should, uh, so I got sent a picture of you at, like, oversized adult Jenga. <laughs> did you get the meme that I sent you in return? Yes, I did. Where you're about to pull out a destabilizing block? Yes, I did. Yeah, so I think that's what you should do here. Just the te- the Jenga tower is, like, uh, Thorns fandom. <laughs> and just pull out the little block. 
I'm not going to do it. Okay. Okay. It's not going to happen. All right. Maybe I'll try next time to get some more adult beverages in you, not Malpew juice. And, not uh, Malpew juice. Not just regular Coca-Cola. Uh-huh. I just I have feelings. I don't want to say them out loud because then they might happen. As long as there's no Boston in the league, I am generally team chaos. I mean, I know you are. I know. That's why you're throwing grenades right <laughs> in the middle of our conversation. Obviously. It's a civil conversation, too. Obviously, I have my favorites, but yeah, like, there's not a lot that could happen where I'd be like, no, you know? Except- well, we need to get you out to Portland <laughs> so then you can stand for my team. Get better Korean barbecue, maybe. And then we could be two drunk fans every week and we could actually get drunk and record in person. Are you going to set me up with, like, a job out there? I mean, tell me what you want to do with your life, and I will. <laughs> I would like to make money by writing about soccer. Okay, I think I know some people. Oh, okay. Thanks. No problem. So we were gone for a little while, but I think we needed the break, and we're back now, a little more energized, ready to think about women's soccer and fill in all the gaps that are happening in the off season. Hopefully teams fill in their gaps, too, so that we can gossip about it. I mean, discuss it seriously, like two... No, gossip. <laughs> you had it right the gossip, first time. Gossip, gossip, And I also, please note that I am leaving alone the filling in your gaps comment. I don't know what you could possibly mean. Okay. <laughs> Hit us up with questions in the off season and everything that you've been thinking about. We're taking all kinds of uh, topic suggestions. It doesn't necessarily mean we'll talk about them. But <laughs> <laughs> look, so, t- tell us, is- tell us your hopes and dreams. Yeah. We're really interested. Yeah, just bare your soul. Share your private innermost thoughts. About we soccer. will not tell anyone unless you want us to. Wow, are we like women's soccer? confessionals now we could be like forgive me gab it has been a month since my last women's soccer game what about if we set up like a post a post secret or post oh yeah that's What's... called that saraha thing where you can anonymously send people little notes that sounds yes. awful i would never want a system where people can anonymously tell me anything that they want to say well, it's not like to tell you something, it's to get something off their chest. Yeah, yeah, maybe. For now, you can just tweet us your topic suggestions <laughs> while we contemplate the pros and cons of people being able to anonymously say, say anything that they want to us. Well, we will debate it, and ultimately one of us will win, and so there may be a programming change next year. Oh, God. Okay. That's it for this episode of Two Drunk Fans. Stay warm out there in the off-season. Mm-hmm.